We live. We live. We live, fellas. We live. Welcome to Catfish Weekly. I'm Patriot James. We got Mark with Catfish and Crappy, and we got Roger with Muskrat Adventures as a guest tonight with us. Mark, I appreciate you stepping in for Mr. Lyle. I think he's getting along pretty good, but he well, has I'm some here. good nights and some good good days and some bad days. So uh appreciate you stepping in with us, fella. I'm happy I get to join you guys tonight in my uh, angry fishing t-shirt. I've been uh, waiting for this forever. has special meaning to me. If you guys don't have one, you need to get one. Check this out, man. Who's this remind you of? Let's hear it out in the chat who that reminds you of. Who does that remind you of? Let's just get started. Well, that can go go in a lot of different directions there, Mark. (laughs) All I know is I'm never that angry when I'm fishing, that's for sure. No, no. No, I got to show I don't know. It depends on when. Oh, yeah. It depends on when. If you like old Matthew that day and that boat cut across all his cotton picking lines, then no. you're going to have a pretty angry face. This is true. Very true. But, guys and gals, we do appreciate you joining us on this great Monday night. And uh, we'll try to bring you some great information, pick Roger's brain a little bit. He's fished, for, he's fished with quite a few. Great fisherman that's been around for a good long while. Uh, and I see you fishing for Freedom Hat. Did you get to go out there to that, Roger? Uh, they didn't have it this year, but I've been for the last two or yeah. three years in a row. Man, I, I wish you was. Once you go to that event one time, you're hooked. That's it. You'll, you'll, yeah, you'll I, and I mean, Lyle tried to talk me into flying out there last year, and then, it, you know, it was canceled. But... Mm-hmm. You know, I'd have to fly it. It's just too far for me to drive. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a long one. Uh, so. But we yeah, got I, – uh, I, I try to support them as much as I can. I, I, I truly enjoy uh, that event. It's it's my favorite event of the year. Oh, I'm sure it is. And, you know, hopefully that weekend uh, during my tournament coming up, we're going to have quite a few veterans that's going to come out and join us. And I'm working on making maybe next year being a whole weekend ordeal. Uh, the county ain't That's wanting good. to give nothing because of that crazy governor we got. Ain't giving to go ahead, and he's trying to shut us all back down again. So, you know, hopefully everything will loosen up by next year for the tournament. At least we can have a big bash. But, I, I mean, it'll never be nothing like what Fishing for Freedom is, but right. I still want that. to give recognition where recognition's due. Yeah. All right, let's uh, – Mark, let's let's give a shout out a few of these people that's come in here. They do support us all. We got the Cross family. We got Katie Collins, Finn Speaker, Creole, M O Creek Fishing. I guess that would be Missouri Creek Fishing. Absolutely, that's Robert over at Missouri Creek Fishing. Oh, there you go. We got fishing with the Chad Head Hunter, Ernie Brown, Abbott's in the house. There's Mr. James Dockery. <laughs> Uh, Jay, was it Jason Ward? You had to excuse me. I grabbed the long, wrong glasses. I, I see, grabbed my driving glasses instead of my reading glasses. So I see, the, and I see the fishing magicians in there. Yeah, I saw Skip in there as well. Palmetto Cats showed up. LG Bass is in there. Mike Greenwell, Mike Irvin, Mike Sampson. What's up, Sampy? Smith's in there. JP3. Yes, sir. We got. We got all kind of great people. We appreciate each and every one of you, men, women, children, kids. We love you all to come in and watch. Roger, let's pick your brain just a little bit. Everybody oh pretty much knows what you fish in and your rods and reels and stuff like that. 
But let's take it back a few years. What actually got you started chasing the catfish? Not yeah, just the eaters, but actually decided that, you know, I want to chase a fish that's going to stretch my line. Well, uh, I, probably about 13 years old. I got a funny picture I'm throwing up on Thursday for Throwback Thursday. But uh, I was probably about 13, 12, 13 years old, and I caught my first flathead. And he probably wasn't 10, 11 pounds. Uh, but up to that point, you know, I used chicken liver and whatnot, caught, you know, eater-sized fish, you know, small fish. Right. And once I caught that flathead, I was like, man, that is, that's, that's a way more fun than what I've been doing. <laughs> and, uh, as I got in my teens and twenties, I, you know, I was a dad and did all that stuff for a while, but eventually, uh, you know, I started thinking, man, I want to catch some big catfish. And, uh, unfortunately my, my knowledge and stuff didn't take me beyond a pay lake at that point in time. And I, you know, I was one of those guys that, that went to a pay lake cause I wanted to catch a big fish and, I thought I had a better chance of catching a big fish. I really didn't have much uh, knowledge or access to rivers I, that I thought. And then finally, one day, my buddy Herb Everhart, uh, he, he's in a lot of my videos. Um, he said, man, it, it ain't the same. I'm telling you, you catch one out of the river, it's totally different. And uh, by God, we did. We went down. I, I actually, I had that pontoon boat of mine, and uh, we put it in the river. Man, we started catching fish out of the river, and that was it. Done. Sold all my pay lake gear. Told everybody I'm out. Uh, got got educated on uh, you know how these pay lakes are affecting our river down here, especially on the Ohio. It's it's bad in our area, and uh, and, and that's been, I've been hooked on the river ever since. Never looked back. Well, you know, Roger, you actually, you know, guys like you that's that's been in the the pay lake scene before. This is a perfect opportunity on this show on Mark's show, on your show, to actually bring in some education yeah. to steer these guys away from it. The more that we can steal away from them, the less likely they're going to leave us to go to them. Right. Uh, yeah. That Education, education, education. So I appreciate you telling us that and giving yeah. us the, the lowdown on it because the people that's in here tonight, if you don't go in and see some of the videos of these fish being caught, it will, it will piss you off. When you start seeing these catfish with big heads and little skinny bodies, you know they're starving to death. Yeah, These people are not going to... They would go broke trying to feed those fish in those ponds. Yeah. I mean, think You're about right. it. The amount of bait fish they would have to support in them lakes, they'd go broke trying to do it. So I appreciate oh, I see, you letting I see, us I see know them that. them dog food, just fifty pound bags one after another, dog yeah. food in, in the lake. Yeah. During a tournament, yeah. and I'm like, hey, I'm trying to fish. Yeah, them catfish will start eating like carp, all sucking that stuff off the so yeah. top of the water because they're starving to death. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's a bad scene, man. Once you once you go by a couple dumpsters, plump full of trophy fish, dead. Uh, Turn your stomach, and that's it. I mean, it's uh, and what's yeah. crazy if them fish would if they would have daggum, I didn't do that. Lyle must be messing with it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if those if they would have another lake that wasn't allowed to be fished or whatever, and rotate those fish, and I, I mean, those big fish are not designed for that type of water. They're right. not. Yeah. I mean. 
we got a lot of the carp lakes around here, the Pay Lake carp lakes. Yeah, the, the we're closest we animal. get up. Yeah, the closest we get up here is like farm raised trout, but that's about it. We, I have no exposure to the to the the Pay Lakes that you guys have down there. But everything I hear, it's not something it's that I'd be thing. interested. In. <laughs> yeah, right. it does. From my understanding, it is, and yeah. you know, it's always cool to see that you know someone's actual admit that they changed their ways and stuff. So mega kudos yes. to you. Also, yeah, Dan. Exactly. We, we got a, a super sticker from Danny uh, S4E. Thank you very much on behalf of Lyle and James. We appreciate it. Well, I missed that. I seen the red pop up, but I, I missed the question. It went by too fast. What exactly does that even mean? Uh, they, donate, they donate a little money and rather than put a comment that lets you use a sticker. So Okay. We just got another $5. We appreciate that from JP3. Yep. Thank you, JP3. Uh, we appreciate it. So when you finally made that transition, you say you sold your your pay lake gear. What are you talking about? You you stands and stuff. I'm sure you didn't sell the yeah. rods and stuff because you can still use them. I did for a while. I used the rods for a while. Then I realized it's hard to land a fish on a boat that's eight feet wide with a twelve foot rod. Oh, so you was using real long rods in the pay lake? Yeah, I had eleven and twelve foot surf rods. Okay, so I got had- it. I was one of those guys I wanted to cast clear across the lake if I wanted to. <laughs> See, most lakes around here, they got a rope down the cotton picking middle of them. Yeah. And every one of them will drop their base right at the cotton picking rope. Yeah. Every one of them. Boom, 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 yeah, boom, boom, boom. So that's where all the bait's concentrated at. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I got rid of, you know, I just got rid of those rods and stuff. And, um, you know, yeah, I had some stands and stuff. I got, I just got rid of all that stuff. And, uh, you know, start focusing on my pontoon, and we river fished out of the pontoon. I that was the thirty foot long pontoon I the had. Big one, yep. And, uh, it's great for um, you know low current situations, but I really enjoy I enjoy high current. I enjoy fast, flooded, muddy water. I just something about that nasty water it gets me going. I, I've caught my biggest fish in the nastiest water. Oh and, yeah. Uh, you can't turn so what was it like sideways on a, on a, in the nasty water? So, so the first time you went out of the river with was it with Herb the first time you went out? Yeah. Uh, so what was it like that first time you went out there with him? I mean, to be honest, it was uh, it was kind of overwhelming because I didn't have uh-huh. any idea what I was doing. Uh, I didn't even know what I was fishing or why I was fishing it. Uh, luckily for me, he had experience, so he kind of you know he kind of showed me what what he was looking for. Um, and you know areas that he that he had fished before, and he said, "Here's what we're going to do. We're going to check it out." And this one, and mm-hmm. uh, I was I was blown away. I really you just uh, wanted more after that, huh? Yeah, it, yeah. It's just a it's a thirst for knowledge, really. Um, Absolutely. And, and you know, I've only been doing this honestly, um, maybe three four years, uh, chasing these fish. Um, you know, prior to my experience, you know. Once I got a boat, it was game on. Well, you know, I like what you just said because guys and gals out here, there's a lot of people out here with a lot of experience. And just like Roger said, he went out with somebody that knew the river. A river can turn very deadly real quick on you if you're not experienced dealing with that kind of current. So don't be too prideful to say, hey, Somebody take me out. I'll pay for gas, food, drinks, everything. Take me out. Show me the ropes. You ain't got to take me to your honey holes. Just take me out. Show me the ropes. Show me not what not to do and what to do. I'll be um, 100% honest with you. That is 
my biggest passion right now is uh, I've fished with quite a few people in chat here, and I've made some fantastic friends. And uh, I don't know everything at, by far. You know, uh, I've got just enough to get me by. But I love that that experience I got first time with Herb taking me out and and sharing what he knew. Uh, just started the passion and the fire under me. And so every opportunity that I get to pay that forward, I jump on it. There you um, go. I, there's there's a lot of people here in chat that I fished with. There's a lot of people here in chat that I plan on fishing with. Uh, you know when the stars align, and uh, I I love taking them out, and showing them you know the electronics. Whether I'm on their boat, uh, my boat, um, trying to go through a little bit of what I know and uh, teach them what I can to to put that fire in them, and to give them a little bit of confidence to get out there and, and get out of get after it on their own, especially folks that's never been to the river. Oh yeah, yeah, agreed. Now, when you when you say that you went out with him with the first time, and you look back at that, what was one of the most important things that he taught you that day about the river? Um, the biggest thing he taught me was reading the river. So <clears throat> I was, you know, pay like don't have no current seams. Uh, but the biggest things that he taught me at that point was, you know, reading the banks and reading the river. So. You know, the story kind of goes that most of the time the bank will do exactly through the water what it's doing out of the water. So if you got a you got a big, you know, big point coming down off the you know, big hill coming down, chances are it's going to continue to go down there underneath the water just the same as it did off going off the land. And uh, so a few things like that is kind of what got me got me fired up and going. Uh, after that, you know, I mean, I've kind of just taken off and and um, you know, I it's like a sponge. I'm trying to soak up everything. Now, now that I think I, you know, I'm, I'm teaching him some things. He's kind of old school, which ain't not <clears throat> that boy catches fish. But he well, you know, but he when I fish. when I asked you that, I mean, I'm sure that he went over some safety things of what not to do and what to look for that yeah. could be in a dangerous situation. I've heard Lyle and Doc and them talking about fishing around those wing dikes. Mm -hmm. But you don't want to get too close to that point of out there at the end because of the way that current works, your pulls on your boat. Uh, mm -hmm. That's the little bitty details. A lot of people forget to tell because they've done it every day. They so they're so used to doing it that they forget to to share that knowledge. And it ain't that they don't want to. It's just. They don't even think about it because it's become second nature. Yeah. So that's why I'm trying to hit you up and ask you some of these questions. Yeah. Was uh what else did he tell you when you I mean I'm talking about your first day out there with him? Did he tell you to look for those eddies? Did he tell you to look for that gum? Like in a small river, you see a ripple. When you start seeing those ripples, just like Flint Hill was talking about on his videos. That's telling you there's something underneath that water causing right. that water to do that. Right. Or is that. Are they some of the things that he was talking about on the river that you need yep. to look out for for that? Yeah, when it came to anchoring, you know, I had no idea what I needed to do or what I should or shouldn't do. And, uh, you know, obviously pointing your boat into the current and making sure that, that you, you know, you have control of the boat. Um you know, we talked about, and I still do it to this today. Uh, we talk about having a sharp knife at the front of the boat and the back of the boat for your anchors. Yes. Because <laughs> you don't know. Uh, now, no. when we started, we had no, there ain't, the high river don't get current like, you know, what a lot of other, you know, Mississippi, Missouri, 
right. know, these other guys get. I'm, you know, we're talking mile, mile and a half of current. So at the time, you know, it's not real, at that time, it's not real dangerous. I mean, I like to fish flood waters now that I got the experience. Um, right. But then I wouldn't have done that. I wouldn't have even tried it. But, uh, you know, thinking about just simple stuff, I'm, I'm trying to take it, dumb it clear down as far as I can. It's hard to remember back then because it's, it's, there's just so much stuff I've piled on since that time. Uh, right. But, uh, but yeah, as far as uh, anchoring up in the current, you know, paying attention, uh, I do remember he, he kept saying, keep watching, keep watching forward. Don't get so caught up on your rod, you mm-hmm. forget to look behind you. He said, because you always need to know what's coming. Big tree coming down the river and mess your day up. Uh, Absolutely. You know, a barge coming through, and those things, and to this day, they still sneak up on me. Those things are incredibly quiet for as big as what they are. Uh, they will sneak right up on you. And uh, so you've always got to have an eye on the back of your head to make sure that you're not putting yourself in a compromising position. Oh, yeah, those big old trees coming down through there with them root balls and stuff like that. They That's might not right. hit your boat, but if they grab your anchor rope, mm-hmm. you're having a bad day. If you ain't yeah. got that sharp knife, but he might have learned the hard way fishing behind the dam on Wiley in a canoe. He used his daddy worked on washing machines, so he'd use old washing machine motors as his anchors because you know you're going to lose it mm-hmm. and then rock. Yep. He couldn't find his knife. <coughs> And they opened up the gate. And we was over on the bank. He said, come go with me. I said, no, I ain't going. I ain't going. When I looked over before he actually got that rope cut, that canoe was standing almost up on its end. And when he got it cut, it took him about four and a half hours to paddle his butt back up the river. He went for a ride. He went for a ride. And I couldn't imagine being on a boat out on the Mississippi or the Ohio or the Missouri River and your boat get all jacked up that's a lot more than a canoe yeah a lot oh, more than oh, a canoe yeah. so uh and i do religiously is uh i've got a, a buoy ball uh that i keep i keep that buoy ball on my rope and i have it uh i have a big knot tied on the end with a big clip on the end that usually stays connected to the boat in case somebody lets too much line out it ain't gonna all go out Mm-hmm. But uh, I've been in a couple positions. Uh, actually, Chad, uh, I was fishing with the Chad one day, and we had a barge come in, decided to be a prick, and uh, swung the rear end of that barge, that motor around, and just about washed us out. And uh, mm-hmm. I said, I ain't messing with this. We, uh, I just threw the rope overboard and the anchor and the ball and everything, and we just floated on back and got our stuff. And when he got clear, we went back up there and got our anchor and when everything That's was safe. Scary stuff and, right uh, there. So that anchor ball, man, I mean, they're like 40, 50 bucks. Um, but your anchors ain't cheap either. And your rope ain't cheap either if you're getting decent stuff. And it's just so much safer and quicker just to throw it overboard and be done. Right. We, we got some new back, people that come back and get it. We got some new people that came in a chat. I want to say hello to Doc Lang. Thanks for coming in. Rex Blocker, Mike Greenwell. Uh, fishing with Paula Smith. Hi, Paula. How are you? Uh, we've had a bunch of people going. We got like 66 people watching right now. Uh, Kentucky Big Cats and Bourbon, Mud Tramps in the house, Catfishing Katie Collins. Uh, let's see what else we got in here. One Ton Fishing Club is in the house. Uh, amongst oh, a few. Man. Yep. If we've missed you, please forgive us. We want to make sure we give everybody a shout out. Stan Smith's in the house. Uh, hey, Funk. Yep. Uh, we got all kind of good head. people. 
Yeah, sometimes we miss the names. Y'all get to talking real fast, and it gets biased. But it, we also we're trying to trying to bring you some great information. Absolutely. So out there in Ohio River, I'm sure you're probably your beta choice is skipjack. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna tickle your brain a little bit, is it not? Chad. Chad. Chad is my number one almost all time. I'll use oh, skipjack. But Shad is my number one bait. But a skipjack in those waters? Yeah, yeah, we have skipjack here. Okay. Um, the reason I'm asking, I mean, I know that it's hard to beat those big baits. They're a big, bloody, oily bait. Yes. Uh, but good to hear you say that about Shad. I think Shad, most people say it's a seasonal bait. Not it's, you. No, I say it's 12 months out of the year. I Shad agree. Is my go-to all year long. Don't matter. Uh, now I will use different baits, you know, and different seat, you know, spring uh, and even early in the fall before you know things start changing, dropping real quick. You know, I like to use bluegill uh, live and cut, right. uh, and I will use skipjack most time through the spring, summer, and early fall. But towards the end of fall, I kind of back off of it. Um, I just I have more confidence with the shad. Uh, I got to. Go. I got a bait tank full of shad right now swimming in the garage. There you go. I'm Thank you, Brad. Drown. drown them. Thank you, Becca, very much. That's very generous of you. Oh, yes, it is. Uh, see, Mark, you know all these people by name. I know lots yeah. of them. There are oh, all you? people out here in the community. SK Crappie just came in. Uh, I saw Derek come in. I'm trying to keep an yeah. eye out. Chad here. SK, like I said, SK Crappie came in. He's got a great channel. So Creole Catfishing, my friend. There's so many people out there. I, I really feel bad Blake, to everybody. Blake DeFore, Mr. Dieter Melhorn graced us with his presence. Welcome, Dieter. Uh, fishing with the squirrel. Um, now, Mark. Yes, sir. On that, I mean, duh. Tell Goober I said, hey, Roger. Yeah. When you're going out there on that river, and I know you're talking about the flatheads and the blues, yeah. what do you do different? depend on what fish you're chasing it, on the flatheads uh i'm anchored up i mean that's uh, i've caught flatheads dragging and you can and um you know even even up here i fish hoover reservoir and it's just a big lake uh people say you know you can't catch them dragging baits well let me tell you something <laughs> those flatheads that bait ain't laying there cut up and on a plate for them. They got to go catch it. So dragging baits is just as natural as anything. And uh, so, I, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't have any fear about, but I, I do feel like I've got more bigger fish uh, anchored up and uh, just letting that bait sit, you know, and it depends on what I'm, what I'm fishing. If I'm fishing a big, you know, big down tree, um, you know, that's, that's really the thing. The big difference is I'm fishing big structure, I'm fishing for flyheads, big rock piles, big down trees, right. brush piles, you know, sunken barges, things like that. And then on the on the blues, I'm looking for um, I'm looking for you know channel ledges, uh, creek mouths, yeah, things like that. Follow the bait. Um, it's it's a look not a whole lot different, but that's that's the big difference for me. Right. Well, what you said on that is that yeah, you can catch them flatheads when they're up and moving sometimes, but once they once they get in that brush, you're gonna have to go in after them, and you can't go in after them with with dragon. I mean, no. you, you can't. It, it's, I don't know. You I can, but you're gonna lose a lot of freaking gear. 
Yeah, I was going to say, you might hit one on the head, but you're going to have a hard time getting to it, but it's not impossible. Mm -hmm. it's, I've seen it done. It's it going to be a hard time getting him up out of it. And that's where really knowing your electronics and be able to precision anchor yourself yeah. to where you know exactly where that structure is and you can get your boat set up. You know, I like 75 feet. That's my magic number. I like 75 feet uh, from structure. I always mark, obviously, the front of the structure. I want to know where the front edge of it is. I don't want to go any farther than 75 feet. Right. And, uh, I'll try to drop it there as close as I possibly can because, you know, 72. Now, you use, cast you use the line counters like Lyle does. I do use some line counters. Um, I, I picked up a couple of Kumas that I wasn't happy about. Um, I don't like the self-engaging reels on a big reel. Uh, casting and then the handle flip around on you, engage, and then mm -hmm. right. Everything stops, and you know I, I did that a few times with those Akumas and kind of got frustrated. Um, I do use a pen fathom line counter, uh, but for the most part, I'm kind of I've kind of got it figured out exactly about where you know where behind the boat 75 feet is or 70 feet is. I've just played around enough to know, um, and then of course that depends on your depth too. You got to count for right. your line going out down an angle, right? But, uh, yeah, being able to drop that waypoint and put yourself right back in that. You know, like I said, 70, 75 foot ring um, really puts you at a huge advantage when it comes to, you know, especially structure fishing. Hey, guys and gals, if you don't have those big electronics where you can mark the waypoints or you can do this, get you a little bobber and a piece of lead. When you come through there, throw it out of the back of the boat, let it mark your spot. And right there, you got that little boy showing where you at, pull up, you know, I can cast it right there, and if I feed it line, it can drop straight down. Or if you drop it there, you throw past it, and you figure when your line swims back down where it's going to drop, whether you want it on the front or on the back of it. Uh, you know, but sometimes you might have to fish it up current, and then sometimes you might have to fish the down current side of it. Depends on where the fish are holding on the structure you're fishing, right? Yep. Um. Now, Mark, I see you shaking your head a lot on some of this river stuff, so I take it that you do use some good old river fishing. I do. I, yeah, I fish on the river. I don't do much dragging. Actually, I just started doing a little bit this year, so I'm just trying to soak all this in, see if there's anything I can add to it, and you guys seem to be doing fantastic, to be honest. Well, you know, I, I was going to pick your brain on some of it. What have sure. you learned about the river fishing and watching guys like Roger and other guys that are actually river fishermen? Actually, I watch out for, right. like when he started saying, look out in front of you, that has to do with more than just barges and logs. It has to do with jet skiers, has to do with wake boats. Uh, it, you know, the rivers are fish are narrow. It's awful busy, awfully full of traffic. So those are good tips. Um, obviously, you know, anchoring up on structure, getting positioned for structure is probably one of the hardest things. You think you're just going to drop an anchor. You can't. You got to be placed right because of traffic, current direction you got to figure out which way your baits are going to go things like that i've learned in the past from others before me so i can definitely understand i hope to pick up some of this stuff from you draggers too as well so roger do you use a drifting sock on the back you throw out the back of your boat to help keep your boat you know pull, pull pretty tight yep absolutely um matter of fact i just lost a 66 inch sock out the back of my boat two days ago Ooh. Ouch. I don't know what happened. It was, I had the cooler. I brought it all in. It was soaking wet. And uh, I normally shove it down in a bucket. And the bucket was full. Of, uh, I just got a new um, cast net and a 
I had a bucket all full and a couple cast nets, so I set a cooler on top of the drift sock to head home. And that driving, that cooler slid off that drift sock, and that somebody <laughs> just found a 66-inch drift sock. Uh, Mike Greenwell but, uh, wanted yeah. to know, what does Roger do in high, high fast water to be successful? I look for uh, the current seam. I look for slower water. Uh, so I'm, I'm fishing at high water, but most of those fish and bait especially is going to move out of that quick water and into slower and slower current where they can, they can relax. Now, you know, it only takes a basketball sized rock to hide a 50 pound flathead. I mean, really, he can get behind that right in the middle of the nasty stuff. But typically those fish are going to move out of that quick current and, uh, whether it's because they're hungry and they got to go find a bait, the bait's in the slower current, or it's because they, they're they getting beat up, you know, they're tired yeah. and there's debris and things like that is coming down through there and they're getting, they're getting beat up with it. So they want to move to, and it's, it's just so much easier uh, to find concentrations of fish in that high water because they're not, they're not out there in the middle of the nasty stuff. Uh, they're pushing to the banks typically and they're pushing behind big structure and uh, that's typically what I target. I'll target the current seams. I'll target, you know, on the inside bend at times. It you know d- just depends on what the river's doing. Um, I'll look for that slack water or, you know, big current seam or whatnot to get uh, to find where the, the structure, uh, structure, structure. Yeah. Absolutely. And that word means so many different things that people don't realize. They think structure. Oh, it's a piece of wood. No structure. Nope. It means so many different things to uh, to different to different people. I mean, what you call structure, I might not call it structure, but I think the catfish community we're starting to get them them words and them meanings closer and closer together, yeah. so we don't confuse some of the new people coming in. Now, when you uh, have you got into doing much of the bumping that people are doing, like Mike yeah. Greenwell, <laughs> I. I don't have a ton of experience with it, um, but I have done it and I love it. Uh, the uh, Mark, to, in order in order to try to put it in perspective to you, man, it's like that thump when that crappie hits that jig. Except he's big enough to yank the rod and you out of the boat. I'm yeah. ready. It, oh yeah, it's, it's an exciting man. It's exciting. Uh, uh, we don't like I said. We don't have a whole lot of current around here to do it unless you're right at the dam. Uh, for the All most right. part of the year, mm-hmm. um, but we do that up at the dams. We we you know what I'll anchor up and suspend baits underneath the boat and whatnot, and then I'll walk baits back. You know everybody's got different burbage, but I'll walk bait right. back behind the boat and bump it back as far as I possibly can, and uh, or we'll get the boat moving and uh, bump down through there. I, I've been lucky enough to bump with a couple guys that got some got some knowledge and skill behind them and. Uh, I wanted to, you know, when I got an opportunity to fish with them, they say, what do you want to do today? I said, I want to bump because I've been doing it and I don't need to know whether I'm doing it right or not. And uh, I won't put him, I won't put him on the spot, but I proved myself that day and I was pretty happy about it. <laughs> Good for you. Yeah, I'm making plans to do that this spring and, and hopefully part of the summer. So I got some people I'm talking to about taking me. We'll see what happens. We'll get it all set up. I just seen Hagen Grubbs come into the house. I wanted to say hello to Flint Hill Catfishing. Uh, I think I missed him on the first round. I apologize for that. Howard J. Diggs Jr. Uh, let's see. Avid's in the house. I think we might have said hello to him, but I don't want to miss him. Uh, and uh, cooking, uh, fishing cooking with Mike Chavez. So hello, guys. Yeah, buddy. That's 
that rascal boy, he makes my mouth water every time I watch a video <laughs> and see pictures. That son of a gun boy, he cooking up some stuff. Yeah, I wanted, I'd love to do that dang gun bumping part, but, you know, around here we don't have nothing but lakes. Right. Well, we've been having a lot of flooding going on, and a lot of heavy rains would be a perfect opportunity. But I ain't, I don't think I want to risk my boat trying to make a run upriver to drift back down through that cotton-picking mess. Yeah, it takes it takes a little bit of you know a little bit of experience. Uh, well, not just that. When you got daggum trees after trees, I mean, last year it Dieter showed a picture of it. It looked like a whole freaking island coming down the daggum lake yeah. of all the debris that got tangled up together. It's like a whole daggum island. You know, I just ain't willing. I'm not a rich man. I just ain't willing to tear my boat up trying to get up through there. And yeah. it being in a pontoon, so it would probably be hard to uh, oh, bump yeah. with a pontoon. So, or get out of the way might be kind of hard in a pontoon. I seen that comment there. Keith popped in, said muskrat fishing, catfishing boat of the year. I appreciate that, buddy. Oh yeah, yeah you guys haven't seen oh. the the video I did. Uh, I've been through a lot with my boat uh, between engine troubles and you know I, I found out the whole every all the foam underneath the floor was saturated soaking wet and had to go through taking all that stuff out and putting new i've i've uh i've done a lot of work top to bottom on that boat I that is quite the video yet to come check out uh check out roger's channel muskrat adventures he's got that video on there he goes through this whole boat from start to beginning it's a pretty cool thing he went through a lot of boat and i i really like roger it's a sullivan right yeah it's a what, yeah it's a what, 22 foot sullivan Perfect. My my kind of size boat. I like that deep V, twenty two yeah. feet long. That, that's a that's a machine of a boat. So from the from the floorboard hey, to the side where to the gunnel where you're hit there, it's thirty one inches tall. Ain't right. That's that's deep. <laughs> that sounds safe to me. And that's and I'll be honest with you. That's why I got that boat. Uh, most of you know that you know I've got some health issues that you know, cause some balance and whatnot. And, yeah, buddy. Uh, falling out of my boat is not. Is not one of the things I want to think about. I want I want to hook nope. fish. Yeah, that's why I, I you know that's why when I decided to get another boat to redo myself because I fish out of the other one, uh, I went back with a pontoon just to be on the safe side. My buddy Wampus cast the same way. He's a young guy, but he's had strokes, so mm -hmm. you know you can't take that chance. Yeah. Better safe than sorry. Yeah. You know you learn to deal with it, but he just said he didn't. I think Hagen said that uh, old Quentin, you know, he bumped out of the daggum Lucille for years. Yeah. Yep. Uh, it can be done. Yeah. Yeah, Lyle wants to know if you use spot lock. Oh, yeah. I use yeah. spot lock. Um, but I'm still an old school anchor guy. Um, mm -hmm. Now, <clears throat> it depends on the current and what my situation is. Um, I like to bound down a lot. So I'll come up in an area. And I'll go through there. And this is what I did the other night when I put my daughter on that that uh, blue that she caught. I just came up through an area and uh, I'll mark, you know, several waypoints. And then I'll start at the top of it on my spot lock. And I'll spot lock on it and we'll give it 30 minutes. And I don't work. Reel them up. Spot lock off. Drift back to the next spot. Spot lock again. Fish 30 right. minutes. And that's, that's what, you know, that's one of the things that... Uh, seems to put the most fish in my boat is when I'm bounding down and just constantly moving 30 minutes and I'm, I'm moving. 
Yeah, systematic eliminating water, right? Yeah, that's what I yep. do a lot too. I find that to be real productive. Keith from Fishing and Stuffs here. Thanks, Keith, for coming in. I want to make sure. And Ohio Cat Chasers. I seen him earlier. I, I I apologize, Derek. I didn't miss you. So there you go. Yeah, Derek's another one I've, I've fished with so far. We, he's not made it to the river. We've been talking about getting plans to the river. We got we're having a hard time getting our schedules to line up because uh, mm -hmm. he said he ain't going without uh, without his girlfriend. I just forgot her name. Sound like she might whoop him. She must. She must be the, as big a fisherman as she as he is. She is, man. She hangs right in there. She's she's tough. She hangs uh, she hangs out there and and uh, fishes with him. She's in a lot of his videos and stuff. But uh, so yeah, it's another guy that um, you know, new to the river, and I, I want to take him out and show him and and uh, get him hooked on the river and see what see what what he can do with it. I'm right. Thank you, Danny, for that. Thank you. Uh, I guess I wasn't used to seeing the word super sticker on there. Appreciate you straightening me out on that. Daggum. Quite all right. Quite all right. Brandon said, why was you scared uh, fishing from uh, Ohio Catfish Chaser's boat? Uh, because it's a bass boat. Bass boat, yeah. <laughs> you know, there's something to be said for those high side boats like you have. I don't care whether you need it or not. There's an extra security. You got something to lean on when you're fighting a yeah. fish. The water gets rough. Even if you got that wake with the wakeboard boats, right, that come by, yep. it's oh, just God. all out protection. You stay drier, safer, <laughs> more comfortable. The only time that boat is more dangerous than, say, a, a bass boat is if you mm -hmm. fall in and you do not take a one of those ladders, ladders. that can hook over the side of the boat and hook on. So once that water temperature drops, I don't care how good a shape you're in, how it's hard to get into. You are, you get in the water 45 degrees with some clothes on mm -hmm. about a minute or two, you're done. You're zapped. Yep. 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 You're, you're wiped out and uh, trying to climb up the side of my boat. It'd be tough. Uh, you know, coming up the motor and having somebody trim the motor up and things like that might be about the only way to dump me in the boat, but having one of those ladders that you can uh, lay over the side, lay over the side or even yep. install on the back. Have you thought about installing one on the back, Roger? They sell yeah, the ones. Got, I'm wanting to put a step in back here. Uh, mm -hmm. Uh, I, they call it a swim deck or platform with a step ladder right. on it. Uh, right. That's actually that's, um, uh, Skip Stewart. Uh, mm -hmm. His tracker he's got, has got one. And then uh, Zach Murray with um, his sea arc he's got. Uh, he's got uh, float paws on the back of that thing. And it's got the little oh, yeah. ladder flip server. And man, just, just getting that out of the boat uh, makes that so much easier because these guys Absolutely. use that ladder just to get it out of the boat. And on my boat, you got to climb up on the side and throw your leg over <laughs> and get in there. But you said about cold water, but I'm going to tell you in the middle of the cotton picking summer, that water feels like bath water. It will zap you too, son. Yeah. It, it will zap the energy out of you. Make you want to just lay it roll over and lay down and go to sleep because it's just so hot. So, but God forbid you bang your head on the way out of the boat. Someone's got to be able to get go. back into it. So, yeah. It's Get good. tangled up in a bunch of fishing lines going down too, buddy. Yep. A lot of well, danger yeah. out there. I remember when we was in school, old boy was jumping off the bridge down there, and he hit his head. He run and was diving between the daggum bridge pilings and hit his head, but not hard enough to knock him out. And a couple of us went in behind him because we thought it knocked him cold. We never could get to him. And come to find out when they found him, he was tangled up in a bunch of old net and fishing line hung up at the bottom of that bridge pylon. 
And even if it hadn't knocked him out, he would have never got loose. He right. would have never got loose. So, guys, if, if you hang up a big net throwing for shad or skipjack or whatever in the bottom and you and you hanging it up and losing it, try to get most of it out. Yep. And one thing, if you don't, you might be the one dragging your baits through there and losing all your cotton-picking rigs in a, something you left behind. So, I know that you said you like shad. Yep. Give some people some hints on, you ain't got to tell you spots, but some hints on what to look for to find some good gizzard shad in the rivers. And let's go, let's start right, right now this time of year. Where would right you now, start looking for? It depends on the time of day. In the morning, uh, I'll, I'll look off the, the ledges where you've got a, a shallow creek or a marina or something that has shallow water that's going to heat up in the afternoon. All right, because once that starts warming up, uh, the bigger shad anyway will seem to move into those areas. Uh, first thing in the morning, I only seem to pick up the small shad, you know, three inches or four inches up in those areas. Uh, so typically I'll target right outside that area um, where it just gets a little bit deeper. Uh, if there's a ledge or things like that, you know, I'll use my electronics and try to find them. Once the sun's been up for a few hours and things start to warm up, uh, those fish seem to move back into those creeks, um, the marinas, you know, docks, things like that. That shallow water heats up, and that's what they want. They want that warmer water if they could find it. Uh, and so sometimes I'll start out the day, and I'll, I might only be able to pick up a few shad to get started. But if I right. go through those, then I know, hey, when it's, once it gets warmed up a little bit, I'll go back out and I'll, I'll get more. Uh, yeah, and back up in the backs of the creeks and stuff like that. Right. So the other day, we I got a marina down here, and you know, right off the river off Portsmouth, and uh, it typically holds decent shad. Um, but first thing in the morning, you know, they were hard to find. I mean, I I was throwing an eight foot net, and uh, it's, it's tough to get them. Uh, it only ended up with like a dozen or so. I'm on my way back, I threw some. I threw once or twice, and we was loaded up. Load it up. There you go. That's what I got in the bait tank now. I got a, I got a tank, tank a nice shaft. Kind of hard there. to wear your uh, shoulders out so early in the morning, too. It makes it rough for the rest of the day, don't it? Yeah. Yeah, that net I'm throwing. Actually, Zach Murray put me on it. It's a it's a Betts uh, Pro Series or something. It's a 1.4 pounds per foot. It's an 8-foot, 5-8 mesh. And uh, in my opinion, that's that's the best because I, I just ain't made it up to throw them 10-footers yet. But uh, in my opinion, that 5-8 mesh is perfect. That's the best okay. size. It's, does it sink real fast, too, so you can hit yeah. them in some deeper water? Yeah, yeah it sinks It sinks really fast. I don't like mess. Now, there's times when I need 6- to 7-inch shad because that's all that's in there. Mm -hmm. uh, you go to that 1-inch mesh, those 6- and 7-inch shad still get out. And if you yeah. don't find them jumbo shad, you ain't got no bait. Yeah. Right. I'll use so how many how many nuts you carry in your boat with you? I always carry two. Two? Okay. I always carry two. Some, you tear one up for some reason or you can't get it back, um, then you have a backup. But I'll tell you, on that Betts Pro Net that, he, that, he, that Zach had, I think I seen him throw it on top of a big old tree. He didn't mean to. He was up in a creek and there was shad, I mean, just everywhere. He said, I got to try it, Roger. I got to try it. And he threw that thing in there and it was hung up, I mean, everywhere. And he had to hook. He had to hook the pull rope to his boat. 200 horse Suzuki on it and back that thing up to pull it out of there. He said, you know, if it pops, you know, I, I got to get it out. 
and uh, Hip Hop One uh, lead line. You know, That's it, the, main, huh? the main lines. He popped one, and it didn't even break. It just come untied. Untied. And that's it. And I was like, so that net right there, I'm sold. Because I don't know how Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm throwing them, you know, I'm throwing them Walmart nets. You know, they're Fitech. But, you know, when you get that lower grade, you know, they're just, they ain't the quality that you want. Uh, oh, you'll tear them all to pieces oh, I, if you get them hung on something. I go through four or five a year. You know, I sew them until I just can't sew them no more. Because uh, I'm tight. But, uh. After a while, you just there's no more. You can't do anything else with it. Now you just want. I cut the lead sinkers off of them and chunk them. That's all you can do. Is uh, sure enough. Well, I appreciate the little little hints on on finding some bait like this time of year and stuff like that, because that's important, guys. It ain't just the fish that you're chasing to catch. It's also the bait that you're going to use. I mean, uh, I seen Dieter said something about the strawberry chicken or whatever, and I see guys catching stuff with chicken. I'm just not sold on. A, I'm just not sold on using that bait. It's uh, I'm not. I'm not knocking it. Y'all guys have fun using it, but I'm going to ask you a very serious question. All right. Each one of us want that monster fish. We we want that we want that triple digit fish. <laughs> oh yeah. Now whether your waters carry it or not, I we I I think Lake Wiley might have one in it, but the average. Not it's not gonna be there. But if you're not got nobody on the boat with you, do you in your mind say, All right, today I don't care if I don't catch but one fish? Do you do that? Do you go out and say, I'm looking for that one fish? I don't care, I ain't going after numbers, I'm going after that one fish. Every anchor drop is that is that mindset. I'm looking for that big fish. If I catch some other fish along the way, great. But every every anchor drop, except when I'm dragging, you know, like Hoover Reservoir, it's you know it, right. it's got it's got numbers and it's getting some bigger fish and it, you know nothing wrong with that. I have a blast up there catching what I can catch. But I'm fishing the river and I know the potential's there for monster fish. Every right. anchor drop, every spot lock is that intent only is to catch that big fish. Uh, I target the structure that I think will hold it, I, you know, whether it's structure, uh, whether that's a current scene, or whether that's a ledge, right. but whatever I'm, wherever I'm at, my goal is that monster fitch, one, you know. And, so what uh, else are you doing to target just the big off, ones? Some days don't. What's that, Mark? Are you, using just, are you just using larger baits, or do you know where the bigger ones are, where you believe the bigger ones are going to be hiding at? What, 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 how, how do you target the larger fish besides just baits and, you know, it's, and it's, larger it's, hooks and stuff? It's kind of crazy, but um, I, I switch. I keep my bait different sizes. Um, mm -hmm. I'll throw big baits and small baits um, because – Elephants eat peanuts. Yeah. Elephants, Elephants eat peanuts. Eat peanuts. Absolutely. That's a, great, that's a great analogy, but but you're right. There's times when I've caught big fish uh, on the smallest bait, and I thought, what in the world? Uh, but it's happened, and I've seen it happen to enough people that it's always an option, is I'll always throw a small bait oh, yeah. with the big bait, and I'll just, you know, let the fish tell me what they want. If they're wanting big baits, uh, you know, I'll make sure I'm throwing big baits, but I always have something else mixed up in there. Uh, just in case that's what they want, and just let the fish tell me what they want. Yeah. 
I think mainly mainly the reason most people want to fish with nothing but big baits. Well, yeah, I mean, a big bait puts a bigger knot in that catfish's belly, but it's to keep the dings off the line. Don't work. I tell you no. right now. <laughs> They'll pick at it and pick at it till it's torn oh, apart. Yeah. That's all. They will. Fishing, fishing with Doc you, Lang down there in Alabama, he he just knocked the tail off of 12, 14-inch uh, skipjack, and he said, that's it. That's the bait. One hook through the nose. I said, are you crazy? And uh, I'm sold on that, man. That thing bleeds. You wouldn't believe it. When you chunk that bait up, I think Hagen Grubb said something about one of his videos recently. Once you chunk that bait up, it bleeds out and the oils and the blood seems to dissipate pretty quick. Yep, but, it washes but you off that quick. that thing whole and just cut, cut, yep, cuts, cuts the tail or whatever. It seems like Let that bleed. Current, whether you're dragging, pulling it, or the current, it just seems to just pull that blood out. And I'm telling yep. you, we drug baits. <clears throat> I know for a fact I had skipjack on there for two hours and reeled it in after a drag, and it was hanging there, dripping blood. I thought, man, are you kidding me? But we get into some danks, and I don't care how big that skipjack was, they would pick at it and pick at it and pick at it until there ain't nothing left but some spine, uh, mm -hmm. some, rib, some ribs, and a head. <laughs> I mean, big bait won't keep them little fish off. But I'll give more scent and a lot slower. That's what I've been finding out too. It whole pieces of bait with just a tail cut off, like you were saying. Right. Yep. Even on my big gizzard shad, that's what I'll do. I'll, I'll cut it at an angle, um, like from the butthole back. I'll just cut that at an angle right there. Mm -hmm. Right. And, uh, I'll send it out whole and just let that sucker bleed. That's uh, and that's little tricks, guys. Y'all can do that even if you don't have big baits. You can do that with your smaller baits too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. to make you got bluegill. big baits and little old bluegill because bluegill's got a scent to it you can mm -hmm. smell a bluegill and yep. I believe if you put that little cut in there just enough for that scent you come out ever so often that bait will last you I mean if you don't have much bait for that day think about them little tricks guys that can yep. make a good day for you that might turn out to be a bad day if you didn't do stuff like that you'd run out of bait you know, I hear uh I hear bass guys talk about how good bass smells all the time. You ever hear that? They'll catch a bass and I'll go to sniff it because it smells real good. Well, bait fish smells good like that to the catfish. So just yeah. think about it that way. The longer you get that that scent going in the water, the longer right. the trail is, you know, in the current, the better off you're going to be. At least that's how I think. So. Oh, I agree. Them dish pickles do smell good because mm -hmm. I'm smelling big old catfish when I see a bass, man. Right. That's what I think. <laughs> I don't know if y'all's water if you can use largemouth as bait, but buddy, we can, and I'll throw a big one out there in a heartbeat. Uh, uh, I wouldn't I think, use a trophy largemouth as bait, but you know what I'm saying. Chad says you can uh, also reuse the same bait if you squeeze ahead more blood than you think. I actually step on them, Chad, so that's a good tip. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, so. yeah I do that. And I see people throwing the backbone away. That's what drives me crazy. That's the spine that has all the blood in it. Blood in it. Duh! Tell Goober yeah. I said hey. So when I, I don't understand rig, it, that's exactly what yeah. I do. I, on a flapper, I will I will fillet one side from the tail up to the gills, and I will nick and, and get as close on that spine as I possibly can on both sides. Yes. And then I'll send that sucker out there, and that that spine's got all your blood in it. Yeah. And I I want to ask you a question, and I've always been curious about it. Joey Kirby talked about that one time fishing. He had to fish with the tails. Every time he turned around and grabbed one of the heads, 
the, his partner already had the head on his daggum reels, and he ended up with all the tail pieces. But mm-hmm. that day, he outfished every one of them. Right. If you think about it in wildlife, deer, turkeys, everything else on their hind legs have a gland. Yep. I just wonder if these fish have a gland. I've never seen one, and I have filleted my daggum. I have filleted probably twice my weight in daggum fish, small bluegill, big bluegill, and I've never seen anything that would even look like a gland. But I just wonder if they ain't something to that because I've caught some good fish on the tail portions, and I, right. well, I say tail portions, but it's the you know the back part of the body, and you use yep. the head for one, and then. You ain't got big bait, so you turn that thing around and do a reverse flapper on it. Uh, I use the I tails, man. I, I do use it's, the tails. Now, whether there's a gland there or not, uh, I'm not. I'm not 100% sure. I, I'm confident that I think uh, Paula Smith might know. Uh, when it comes to wildlife and biology and and uh, sciences behind the fish, absolutely. Paula Smith. Her husband probably could. He's What's sharp that? on that stuff. Yes, Paula Smith. I mean, she she's full of knowledge, man. Uh, when yeah. it comes to uh, man, she just always seems like she's reading and, and studying and the the science of the fish, not so much you know the, the fish. But that's that's what it takes. You learn the science of the fish, and uh, then you know how to crack the code. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Doc they, says the tail will prevail. Tail will there you prevail. go. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, Doc's a hoot, man. I've learned so much from listening to that guy and going back and watching some of the videos or some of his uh, seminars. A man full of knowledge. Guys, there's all kind of knowledge out here. It's like I said on the show the other night. Listen to Roger. Listen to Mark. Watch their videos. Pay attention to the small details. Pay attention to the stuff that they might forget to tell you because... They do it all the time, so it's second nature. And if they didn't do it all the time, then that means it's not working for them. <laughs> so yeah. you know what I'm saying. It's yeah. uh so, but even the young people, the the brand new catfishermen coming out, he might say, "Well, I've seen them do this, do that, do this." Well, I ain't gonna do it that way. I'm gonna do it my freaking way. Well, yeah. you know what? His freaking way might be the next best thing on the freaking market. Go after it. Go do it. You never know, man. Put yourself into a corner if you just if you don't leave that if you don't leave yourself open to to learn and to to be always changing. I mean, it's crazy because these catfish haven't changed over the last hundred years, right? They're the same catfish they Mm -hmm. were a hundred years ago. Uh, But our ability to to crack the code and share knowledge, you know, especially right here, YouTube. I mean. When I started many, many moons ago, there wasn't a YouTube to follow. Uh, I had no idea. I had to go out there and listen. I mean, <laughs> I went straight to the old timers. That, that old fart Trial and error gets appeared. you a long way. Yep. Yeah. Watch people. Look at the de- – watch for details. Try to figure out what they're not telling you, what they're doing. That's pretty much how I went about a lot of what I've yeah. learned. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Lyle wants to come back in on us before, the, before we end this show. Absolutely. We ain't quite through yet, but uh, – yeah, I'm, I'm ready for Lyle. He can come in anytime he wants. It's his show. It's his show. Uh, there you <laughs> go. So, uh... Man, what's up, Lyle? <laughs> hey. You guys got a bang-up show going on tonight. I hated to interrupt you. 
No. The people have been so kind in chat to me tonight. I just wanted to thank them. And, and it means the world to uh, to me and, and Cindy, too, that, that you guys think about us like you do. It, uh, it just means the world to us. And uh, uh, we're going to try to uh, to be back on next week. I got a doctor's appointment Wednesday, and we'll see what he has to say. And uh, we may need Mark again because it's still left-handed typing for a right-handed guy. This doesn't really work all that well. And uh, when you're trying to type and and do the stuff for the show, and I'm not real savvy on running the mouse left-handed either. <laughs> but I've been watching the all part. these. You can just be live. You just got to talk. You don't have to touch nothing. Well, I guess that's right, but but Mark and James have done such a great job the last two weeks. I just it's just been really cool to sit back and watch somebody else do it, and and I've really enjoyed it. But um, you know, uh, I, I'm so glad that you come on with us tonight. And it's uh, an honor, great, man. Great, when I, when you asked me to come on Catfish Weekly, I was like, I made it. <laughs> well, we, got a, we got a bunch of high-powered shows in that's in chat tonight, and I've been watching uh, Mike Greenwell and Hagen Grubb and SK's Copy Fishing Adventure. Yep, yep. All these guys, uh, uh, Ryan Bortz, the new guy that come out, all these guys that's come out with these videos in the last couple of weeks. Boys, I'm telling you, you've made my day every time a new one comes out because I'm not really able to do a whole lot, and I've watched them all. Uh, I found some people that I didn't know about and got to watch some of the old faithful ones that I always did, and uh, it, it's just it's just been uh, really good because I got to tell you, if you're relying on TV for entertainment when you're not feeling well, that just <laughs> That's the last place I'm going to do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you, thank you so much for that. That. Uh, thank you, Al. Yes, sir. We appreciate it very much. But, yeah, these videos have really uh, been a lifesaver for me, and uh, and I really enjoy it. Now, I, I, Roger, I know that, that you've been under the weather and you've had the COVID and stuff. And I don't know, I don't remember them guys asking, but how are you feeling from, from getting over that? I'll be honest with you. I am just now starting to feel 100%. Uh, I don't really think I'm 100%. I, I still get a little bit tired when I'm doing some stuff, but I don't know if that's just because I've been laying around for three weeks or what, but uh, I, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling back yeah. to myself. I'm ready to fish hard. Good. Uh, I, I did get to see some of the stuff that you've done with your daughter. I was very proud to see that. Yep. It was awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Man, she's still, she's there. I'll bet. Yeah. Is, is the rest <laughs> of your family past the the COVID stuff or are they still involved with it? No, it, it's finally free and clear. It was, uh, it got me and we yeah. got my wife and got my oldest daughter. Um, That's good. But we've, we've been pretty clear for a while now. Uh, be honest with you. I uh, could use a couple of prayers. Uh, my mother-in-law, She's got actually she doesn't have the COVID. I don't know how. She's got every single symptom, but she's tested well, negative four times in a row. And she, I, she's uh, hospitalized right go. now. Cindy's Cindy's whole family that lives up home uh, in northern Missouri pretty much has got it. And uh, some of them are getting on up there. Believe it or not, some of them are actually older than me. Um, 
<laughs> they, they, they're really fighting it. And, and uh, you guys keep her and her family in your thoughts and prayers because they mean so much to me. And I see my old buddy Dieter left me a message here that he prayed that I would come through surgery healthy and be better shaped physically and better looking. God answered two out of the three, not too bad. Peter, <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. I can always count on you for get a smile. I mean, always yeah. can. Appreciate that. And I got to watch some of your videos in the last couple couple of weeks. And and I know that you guys have been out hunting, but I haven't seen any of your hunting videos. And if, if you've had them posted, I just missed them. And I hate that. But um, uh, I've had several conversations with Creo. What a... What a hoot that guy is he's he's become rapidly awesome, become man. one I, of all fans enjoy anything Absolutely. he does anything he touches i just enjoy it oh yeah. yeah he's just he's a blast i know he's got a good one coming out palmetto's got some stuff co coming up here uh in the next day or two a 24-hour deal or something uh, yeah it's supposed to start tomorrow morning i believe yeah at 7 a.m tomorrow it's gonna be something Good luck with that. I'm not <laughs> I'm that i uh you know i and i and normally for somebody like Kevin, I would try to watch the whole thing, but I have a doctor's appointment Wednesday for a checkup, so I'm going to be going to bed early tomorrow night because we got to drive two and a half hours and be there at 9.30 in the morning, and I don't want to be late. Um, they put some restrictions where Cindy can't go in there, so I don't want to be forgetting anything because she don't like it when I don't remember everything, and I don't remember everything anyhow. So, But, uh, yeah, I just wanted to jump in here and thank everybody for the thoughts and prayers and all the kind words in chat tonight. It means so much. And, and uh, like I say, we're going to try to do the show next week. Um, we may have to have Mark come in if he will. Again, Absolutely. it's going to depend on how things go. And, and we'll know between, between now and then. And, James, I'm going to send you something after the show. I want you to look at and give me your opinion on something. I'm trying some new stuff. I got plenty of time on my hands <laughs> to do that. But again, Roger, man, great show tonight. Thank you so much. Thank and you. I appreciate you that. Had a really a lot, good show. You had a great show with Mark the other night. So yeah. And well, Mark makes it easy. He did. Yeah, he <laughs> yeah Mark's a good guy. Mark, I've enjoyed every time, every minute of having you on here with me. It's, Thank you uh, so much. It's, it's been a pleasure. Been. He's pleasure. kind of a newcomer, but he it just like it, everything falls in place for him, and that's awesome, yeah. man. That just makes it easy. I appreciate the kind words. Everybody. But I've gotten so many that. kind words since I've been on here from everybody, man. It's it's overwhelming. It's humbling, overwhelming, and I appreciate every one of you guys. So thank you for giving me this opportunity. Oh, thank you so much, Betty. I'm glad. You know, I, I don't want to say that I'm glad that you miss me, but I kind of am. <laughs> uh, I kind of am, but, you know, uh, I, like I say, I got this big old honking thing on. I can't hardly move around. I wake up in the middle of the night, and this son of a bitch is choking me, you know, and I'm trying. <laughs> it's, it's just a terrible pain, but um, I can't in the end, it's going to be better. It, it, it's going to be better in the end, and that's uh, – that's the main. Oh, yeah. yeah. David Martin next week. Excellent. I'm looking forward to seeing David on here, whether I'm here or not, Lyle. David yeah. got some yeah. big fish under David the belt. Had a, a lot really to learn from him. show with James on, on Patriot James Catfisher's show on Wednesday night. I was so impressed with the fact of what them two talked about. I knew at some point that we had to get him on the show and we give it some time to kind of settle in. And I figured I would miss the boat. And somebody would snatch him up before I did, and and uh, I contacted him, and he wanted to do the show. So 
uh, we're going to have him on here, and I know that that'll probably be a lot. Him and James are pretty good buddies, so I'm pretty sure that James will have all the questions and stuff for him. But I think it will be extremely educational. Uh, David is a great fisherman and catches a lot of fish. They fish out there on the same the same water. But, uh, I mean, I've seen some pictures of what this guy puts in the boat, and James has talked about it several different times, and, and a great fisherman he is. So I think we'll have a wonderful show with with David next week. Uh, he stepped up and helped me a lot in that veteran's home. He come up there, his shoulder was giving him a fit. He busted his tail and uh, my daughter, they all come up there and they just, I was overwhelmed. It, it, it made my day knowing that man, he didn't have to show up. He no. didn't. And he volunteered his time. He said, anytime I go back. So good people like that. I know it'll be a great show. Yeah. Uh, I love that shirt, man. I was got requests in chat, so I had to show it off. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, can, I, can give, I can give the grumpy guy some hair, too, if I do this. Where are <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Mike, oh, was a, a, I know it's time for us to go, but Mike Chavez had that pickled egg video he done oh, yeah. weeks ago and then he come back out where he t actually tested that i never had a desire to try them things i was always afraid of but damn they look good when he ate that one. <laughs> oh they are good and i am a pickle beans fanatic i love them things and he put them babies right in there with them eggs i'm thinking in a few days that would just be great so uh they are good i love them yeah me too so you know, like I say, I've been catching up with with a lot of videos and stuff. And James, I, I watched again after you posted it today, the video of how to use correctly use your bobbers. I'm getting uh, ready to make a new one tomorrow. A new video. A new video on that because them are actually the first style of bobbers I made when I first come out with it, and I do want to show the updated version. Uh, and I'm gonna go with the the lime green fish line and stuff, so actually people can see it. And I'm I got a black sheet to put behind me so that I, the, all the line and everything will really show up and go to a little bit more detail um, because people are asking. Um, and I'm actually demonstrate also on there how Junior Proctor uses them. Uh, Junior uses them babies. Oh yeah. <laughs> and uh, he uses them for dragging. Uh, mm -hmm. And uh, actually, Carl Wells told me today, he sent me a message earlier today that he's using them. But he took my uh, sinker slide off of it and put one of the easy sinker slides. He said, that's the way to go, and you don't have to leave it on your line. I told him, I said, well, one thing, it, it would I'd have to increase the price of the bobber substantially if i started using the easy sinker slides because they are a good bit more expensive uh so i try to keep the price down but guys these like i said last week on my show they're a tool use all the tools that you got in hand you know how roger uses them or how mark uses them or how lyle uses them whether it's a barber or whether it's a freaking sinker yeah it's a tool i use a barber like a drone like a what like a drone. Throw them up in trees? No. <laughs> I put a uh I put a uh planter board clip on them and I see I like if I'm anchored up on something, I see that structure back there, 75 feet or 80 feet, 
<clears throat> what I'll do is I'll, I'll start feeding that line out till it gets back to where about where that structure is I want it to be. Yep, quick I'll twick put... of the wrist, and I'll drop my bait right there on top of their head. Wow. I can, I can send that back straight back behind the boat, and then when Great it gets where idea. I want it to be, drop it. You know, and, and that's – I noticed – you guys was talking about line counter reels earlier tonight. Yeah. I am a believer in them and a deal like that with me keeping my, uh, range finder in the boat all the time. Mm -hmm. I can yeah. range find how far I want to be to drop that bait. And I can let that line out with that line counter mm -hmm. reel and I can drop it right exactly where I want it. There yes, you sir. go. Yes, sir. Everybody's got their own little trick. Doc and I have told each other for 20 years that we would share anything that we ever did. I believe in my heart, Doc always has done that. There's only one or two little things that I never told anybody. That was one of them. But now everybody knows that. And, and the reason we always kept those um, uh, range finders in the boat was when tournaments, when people would get too close to you. And I yep. never wanted to have to be the guy that complained about it. But when they park right on top of you, sometimes yeah, you, you have to be able to prove that mm -hmm. it was happening. So we never did use it, but I've always had it. But I always figured that there was another way. It's just something else. And, and those bobbers, you just let that bobber out back to that brush pile where you want it. If you know that it's 60 feet or 80 feet or 20 feet, from the boat, when it gets back there, just click her off because you've already got it down where you need to be, and you're hung right there where you need to be. I got this spot. No Whoever has an island on the inside of that island is completely <clears throat> loaded with down trees, and they're sticking up out of the water. I mean, everywhere. It's, it's just so easy to anchor up in front of those things. Of course, you'll throw. I'll throw some baits, but then I always have one. I'll try to walk back here, just send it back, and then just drop it. Yeah, it's great idea. Great idea. I don't I mean, do it all the time, but yeah, it, right. Like you said, it's a tool. Yep. What was you saying? Hey, Daniel Ishmael said something about has anybody tried the demon bobbers yet? I've Did never I, heard of them. Didn't know they had them. Didn't I had Must be a new product. Must have. I hadn't. I hadn't heard of them. I had to look and see what what they are. Yep. But I mean, you know, I've never said just use only mine. Try, try. There's all there's a bunch of them out on the market, guys. Try yep. and each one and see which one you like. Each one of them does, you know, something different. You can use them different ways. It's just a tool, guys. Just a tool. Creole, my bumping rig is not not that uh, much of a secret. I will I will pull it up and do it on the show uh, before bumping season comes back. Um, it's really close to what Mike Greenwell uses. And uh, uh, we'll do a show one of these days on bumping, and um, I'll have the rigs laid out to where I can just lean back and show you and get all that um, and do that. Uh, maybe we get Doc to come in for, for a show like that if he's got signal. Uh, Hagen or somebody like that. Hagen, um I've been very curious about your bumping rig too. <laughs> well, <laughs> we'll make it happen. But just as soon as I get this arm out of this sling and 
and I can pick because right now I'm on one pound restriction and it's not going to increase for a while. But, uh, you know, once we get to where we can do some of that, we'll lay it out there and we'll get some other guys to come in here with us and uh, and and do that. And Hagen, we would surely love to have you and your son on Catfish Weekly if you ever decide you want to do a show. Uh, I know that that uh, it's hard to everybody hooked up to do everything but you are welcome anytime you want to be yes, on so just let me know i enjoyed having him on a long time ago when he was first building up and now his channels actually blew up oh and congratulations he he's earned it i mean I, I love watching him and his son fish anybody fishing with their kids i just i enjoy it Oh, yeah, he dropped Hughes net now running off his phone hotspot. That probably works better. That's what that I'm running here. Be. I don't have any, there's no service out here, which is crazy because I don't live that far away from you. You had that, didn't you, Lyle? <laughs> you are. I'm not. <laughs> I'm going to leave that with you, buddy. <laughs> hey, JR, what's up, man? Nice seeing you. I just saw that. <laughs> Yeah, Jason, you're, you're right, uh, and that is the reason why, one of the reasons why we went ahead and had that surgery done, because um, the last time Cindy and I went to catch bait, we went bluegill fishing with some ultralight stuff, and I made eight or ten casts, and I had to put it down. I just couldn't take it, and at that point, I knew it was something that had to be done. As bad as I hate being in this sling, uh it's better now after surgery and two weeks of surgery than it was before. And, and I know I can't throw a, a cast, even an ultralight yet. I know that, but, but you will still, I will get there and, and uh, it's just going to take some physical therapy and different things. And these exercises are bad enough. This 10 machines. I like it pretty well. Ice is my friend. <laughs> <laughs> This is my friend. All right, guys. Have you guys got anything else to, to visit about besides? I was going to reply to Daniel. He said he just takes a them plastic bobbers, drills a hole in them, throws some BBs in there because they're real loud. And Daniel, I actually just come out with a bridling bobber. So yep. Great check idea. it out. But yeah, loud. Uh, Roger, Mark, I enjoyed it. Oh, me too, man. Yeah. It went by really fast. Roger, tell everybody about your show for tomorrow night. Yes, sir. Tomorrow night. Uh, it's eight o'clock uh, Easter time. We got Zach Murray, and uh, Zach Murray, in my opinion, just has a really cool success story. Um, how he transformed himself to being, you know, a guy that catches, you know, eater fish, and uh, how he transformed himself into catching consistently big fish. And uh, I just wanted to bring him on and, and let him share his story because I think it's phenomenal. Looking for a lot of folks out there. I think it could relate as myself did a few years ago. How to transform, you know. To, to get to get to that next level so yeah should I, be fun should be a good time i i'm looking forward to it you're right yes, p3 you are correct ice and electronics is is wonderful things <laughs> so it is and betty has brought up the thing um about the mendota trip um yeah Mark, do you have any new information on that? No, no information yet. It's still the same dates. We need to get those dates posted on the page. I was trying to figure out whether to create an actual event or not, but I think we're going to do that. We'll create an event and let people pass it around, see if they want to, you know, claim if they're interested or if they're going, and just say we'll get a better count that way. Up there. It's going to be a blast. And I know there's there's several of us that's planning on going. Roger, I don't know if you're familiar with our 
with our trip to Mendota and Cherokee. Yeah. Yep. I'm, but, want, I'm wanting to make uh, it. I would love to see James make that trip. I know he's got a bunch of stuff going. That's a long way for him. It is. It is going to be a lot of fun, and there's going to be a lot of trophy channel cat caught. And, and a uh, lot of smack talk. And there's going to be a lot of <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, you get, you get uh, the Ted and Dee and James Dockery and Katie and Mark and myself and Roger, if you can make it up there, Betty, and, and Brandon's going to make it up there. Ace is going to be there. I'm not sure about Avid. Some of these other guys. Um, it, I, it, I've got a bunch of people coming, too, that I've heard from, a, a lot of other larger YouTubers and stuff. So I don't want to start mentioning names until they actually have accommodations and stuff. But it should be a good time for everybody. I know a bunch of people that are coming from here just because I'm only like two hours away. So I can talk. Yeah. Well, I hope Jonathan and some of them guys can make it. Yeah, I think, they, I think they will. I don't think that's uh, going to be a problem. We'll get setting hooks out there. Uh, Ryan yeah, Allison on his yeah, yeah. I, I we need to hire somebody to be a cameraman. Just come up there and video this because I want to see the blooper reels from this one. <laughs> Everybody's going to have their phones. I'm sure we can come up with some sort of central place for people to donate videos to yeah. the movies. Oh. Thank you again, Mud Tramp. Very oh, good. Thank you so much. Okay. She's appreciate on it. it so much. Uh, you're such a sweet little young lady. Thank you very much for, for the donations tonight. That's 50 bucks from her and uh, means the world to all of us. We thank you so much. Doc Lang just said he's in for Mendota. Doc Lang is in for awesome. Mendota? Oh, yeah. You know, oh, um, Doc probably uh, drive up. He he knows where southwest Missouri is at. If he, he, you know, he can either come up and go with us, or if he brings his boat and wants to do this, then we'll, we'll uh, uh, road trip together or however Doc wants to do it. But uh, I know Doc dearly loves <laughs> Giant channel cam. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody, I promise. I promise I'll get those dates posted tomorrow. Uh, as far as accommodations and stuff go, I got to figure out exactly where what our options are. Uh, we looked at a couple of uh, uh, like Airbnb options. There don't seem to be any on the lake. There are some in town. It's in the middle of Madison, Wisconsin. It's a big town. It's the lake really takes good. up pretty a huge part of it. You got Mandota and Cherokee, right? Is the other lake, Lyle? Yeah, Cherokee, and it's the. It's the shallow lake, and that's where they mm. go to spawn. spawn. So, that's where we're uh, going to be. Yeah, that's where the fish will be, and uh, we'll try to get everybody gathered up to get a bunch of bluegill because little squares about that big is – that's what you want. <laughs> they just work really good. Roger, thanks. Yeah, again. Appreciate it. Next week, David Martin. Thank you, guys. Thanks everybody, for watching Catfish Week. We'll see you next Monday night. Thanks, everybody. Thanks.